This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am your host, Brian Petrie. Uh oh. Hear my little baby girl in the background. She's probably mad because her mom took uh, her snacks away. Anyway, welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. I usually start by telling you the number, but fucking Apple. Ugh, decides to send me an email and says, um, not just me, but everyone says, uh, listen, we're, we're going to stop doing the numbers, right? Don't put numbers in your thing. Uh, don't number your podcast anymore. We're, we're doing a different algorithm. I, I can't. Algorithm. Why, why can't I say that word? You know what I mean? I can't say the word. Brain's broken. Uh, brain's mush right now. Anyway. Um, they're saying they sent an email to everyone, you know, this became a big thing with, uh, among podcasters, you know, you fucking number your episodes. I mean, there's guys who got 600 and fucking 90 episodes. I mean, Joe Rogan numbers his shit. Um, and they said that, you know, you have to change your numbers and no more numbers. And then they want you to resubmit your feed. This is mumbo jumbo for people who know what I'm talking about. But, uh, yeah, so that's no, no, no longer the numbers, but I believe it's like episode 54. Yeah, episode 54, right? We're going to keep track internally, right? Write it down, write it down. Uh, we got a big show here. UFC 235 was this weekend. As you can tell, I'm a little sick again. I don't ever get sick, but fucking this weather, man. It, it froze last night in Cincinnati. It's going to be 60 at the end of the week. My sinuses and allergies or whatever you want to call them are just all over the fucking map. So... Bear with me. I, I wish I had a cough button ready, like the radio shows do. You know, the guy mutes his mic. Well, I got. Well, I don't know if I can do that or not. But anyway, I don't, I'm trying not. I'm not going to cough in the mic. I might have to stop a few times because my cough and my clearing of the throat is disgusting. But 2:35 came and went. Um, <clears throat> we'll we'll get into it a little bit later. Uh, you know, a lot to touch on, a lot to go on. Probably one of the more excited events I've been more probably one, what's going on with my brain today. Probably the most excited event in a long time for me. And I don't know why, you know, I was last week I was just cruising. I was on cruise control. Get me to Saturday, get me to Saturday, right? Just working for the weekend. I didn't care about anything else. I just wanted to get to Saturday. I had some shit go on last week as well. And I'm like, give me the Saturday. And Saturday came and it was it was okay. But like all shows or most shows, I start with a little little rant. I guess you want to call it. This is a this is this is something that that happened not happened to me, but something that was on my mind. And I gotta tell I gotta tell you folks, as you know, and if you don't know, if you're first time listening, welcome. I used to train mixed martial arts, blah blah blah. blah. And uh, eight years ago, I got a brain injury. Brain injuries cleared up. So I'm trying to go back. Listen, I'm 32, right? I'm trying to go back. I'm trying to get in shape. That's all I want to do, right? It's my favorite thing to do in the world besides maybe watch, besides maybe be with my daughter and wife. I know that's corny, but that's, I mean, literally training and watching fighting is probably my favorite thing to do in the world. However, I'm 32 going on 33. I'm out of shape. I'm a father. I'm a husband now. I, you know, I, I have a, a, a job, like a, a real job that I have to go to every, you know, Monday through Friday. I can't spend all the time in the gym like I used to. Like eight years ago, nine years ago, I was fucking serious about it, right? I might not have had the work ethic, work ethic. I can't talk today. Like I, um, you know, some of the things like I only, I was very stubborn. I only wanted to do what I want to do, but I did everything. And then, you know, 
I really, really like boxing and I went to the boxing gyms and all that stuff like that. Anyway, point is, I'm trying to get back into the rat race, right? I'm trying to get back. I uh, There's a ton of gyms around the Slokwood area. I know little bits here, little bits there, little bits there. I'm trying to figure out where I get my feet wet. I haven't gone yet because I'm just still boxing away at the, in, in the garage. I want to get a little bit of fucking cardio before I go to these places. I realize when I walk in, I'm still going to be, you know, the fat out of shape guy. But I want to at least... Have a little bit of timing and stuff back, if that makes any sense. Anyway, a guy I used to work with, right? Uh, uh, I used to actually work with him in, at my job. I took him to my old gym, and, and we sparred a little bit. You know, he was a boxer. He, he came out of this real sh- hole-in-the-wall gym, the shit gym that, you know, I had been to when I was, like, really, really younger. He came from there, thought he could box. We came and sparred a little bit, you know, got, got some work in. Good guy. I mean, not a bad guy. Had a little bit of a drug problem. However, he's back on it, right? And we're Facebook friends, and I see that he's going to some boxing gym, and he's, he actually had a boxing match, or was supposed to, on March 2nd. So I see all these posts, and I know the guy who like runs the gym now. I'm not sure if he owns the gym, but I know him. I know his name. I know he got some work in. He used to spar some guys a long time ago when I was training. Good boxer, just a boxer, not an MMA guy, just a boxer. So he's got this gym, right? And then there's that still that shithole down, you know, that where a lot of guys get their start at. I mean, when I talk about shithole, I'm talking like homeless people open the door and go, nah, I'll find, I'll find another joint. Like it's it's terrible. It's free. It's almost like a, I think it's in like a historic building, so they can't like condemn it. But like it's like free to go. There's like a uh, a quarter size ring. There's like some kind of ring there, and then there's like three punching bags from like fucking 1937 couple mirrors, some weights that aren't even, I mean, I don't need rust. There's rust metal. Um, and then there's a guy that's like, uh, it kind of looks like Freddie Roach. Who's, uh, you know, pilled out and fucking drunk. And is, you know, remove your fate. You know, he's there shouting at you. I guess he runs the place. I don't know. So anyway, you know, I'm, 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 I'm keep, I'm keeping a list of where I want to go at all these schools, all these gyms, they offer free classes. And I'm like, okay, well, when I trained before, I really didn't do any, or a lot of jujitsu. Like I didn't love it, right? I I wasn't crazy about it. I was more of a stand up sparring guy. I like to spar, I like to get in there, I like to you know rough it up, do full MMA sparring. <clears throat> There's one. Sorry, in the middle of it. So anyway, I get on Facebook. I see this guy. Guy I used to work with. He pops up all these photos, and and in the photo of like 15 guys at this gym, I probably know eight of them, right? Um, personally, oh no. And I start reading the comments. There's like 16 comments. And I'm like, okay, well, let me let me just check this out. Because, again, I'm like, well, maybe I could go to a jiu-jitsu school because there's one in Cincinnati that's very good. I'm not going to shout them out yet until I go there and see how it really is. But there's one that's that has some high marks that, I would, that I'm definitely going to go take a class in. I was like, maybe I can go boxing here, do that like one day, two days a week, do jiu-jitsu one, two days a week, you know, three days off, right? You know, um, I'm not going to kill myself. That that was my thing. But it's going to cost a lot of money. So anyway, long story short, seeing on Facebook, see all these people, I go, well, why, why is there so many fucking comments? Like, are people fighting in the comments? So the guy that runs a place is going on a big rant. Like, I got serious guys now. I don't want any fucking buddy coming in here. You know, that's not serious. I'm a, I'm a serious gym owner. I want guy, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, going on and on. It's like, I've always had guys that come in here one, two days a week, and you don't see them for a week, and then they come back in, and like, I don't want that shit, blah, blah, blah. And all these other people are like, yeah, man, I agree, I agree. Like, what? Like, hold up. Shut, first off, shut the fuck up, because 
I can, if I'm paying you to go to your gym, I can go as many days as I want, right? If I if I tell you from the get go, from the jump, hey bud, I'm not trying to be a professional boxer. I'm not trying to be an amateur boxer. I'm not trying to be any kind of professional. This is the best workout for me. I don't like lifting weights. I don't like running on money treadmills or outside. I want to come in here and I want to learn a skill and I want to get in shape while I'm doing it, right? I understand that it, it, he's running some kind of boxing gym here. Like he thinks it's fucking Mickey's gym in Philadelphia. But the reality is, is a lot of people, you know, if they want to work hard, they work hard. But we have other things in our lives. Now, this obviously wasn't a shot at me. I have no idea who this guy is. I mean, I do, but I haven't been to his gym. This wasn't, you know, whatever. I took it as a shot at me because if I ever did go to this fucking guy's gym, I definitely only going to go one, two days a week. Maybe three days a week, you know, if I'm, if I'm, you know, if I meet somebody there and I'm, I'm, I'm getting working with them and they need me to, you know, whatever, help out, maybe I'll go again. But my, my job, my marriage and my daughter comes above me not being a boxer. Cause I know that part of my life is gone. So like, again, I, the way my brain works is I was like, well, fuck this guy. Even though he wasn't talking about me, he was probably talking about somebody else or what, what a different situation but I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm going to be the guy that comes in there and does it because I want to, because it's a good workout, because I'm learning a skill because it's something I'm passionate about. Right. Eight years ago, I would go in there and I, and listen, when I'm there, I'm not goofing off. I'm going to take it fucking serious, but guess what? If I'm sore the next day or if my fucking dick hurts or whatever, if I stub my toe, I'm probably not going to go because it's, I'm not trying to become a fucking champion. I learned Eight, nine years ago when I was going fucking five days a week and going to sparring at seven in the morning on a Saturday, I knew from the get go. Sure, I had a little bit of talent and a lot of people, you know, they said it that and I worked with some high level guys and I did okay and, and you know, and I was getting good feedback, but I knew the guys that I working with worked way harder than I did. At the time, I was going to school, working a full job and having a crazy girlfriend. So... I obviously was loaded up too. There was guys that their full-time job was that. And that, I could never do that. I could never put all my eggs in that basket. So I have immense respect for these guys. But for this guy to fucking sit, aren't you running a business? Like, don't you want people to go to your fucking shitty boxing gym that I'm never going to go to now? Like, you can go kiss your ass. Like, half those guys in your picture, like, I've already sparred and they're they're fucking dog shit. So I don't really give a shit about your gym. But yeah, I, I got very triggered by that because it's like, I want to go to a gym that's like, I'm going to, cause I'm going to be upfront and honest with you guys. Listen, I'm going to be here when I'm here. I'm not going to, you know, if I get close with a guy here, if I make friendships, or whatever, and he's fighting on so-and-so I'll go to the fucking fight. I'll buy the tickets and I'll support him. I'll cheer him on. I love going to local fights. I love, I love seeing some of the amateur stuff. I used to go all the time, but I mean, if you, if I, if I sent up to the gym and I'm, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, you know, I think I'm going to come and you know, how much is in a month? Blah, blah. And the guy looks at me and goes, well, we only sign up serious people. So you better be here six days a week and blah, blah. Then I'm going to tell that guy to go eat an ass and I'm going to go fucking go somewhere else, you know? So that's my rant for the day. Sorry for, it kind of went long, you know, but I think, I think, you know, I'm getting triggered because I think I, 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 some of this happened to me years ago when I, when I had so much on my plate, I was literally working. I had to go to work at two in the morning and I'd come home, sleep for a bit. Then I'd go to school and then right after school, I would go to the gym and I only had maybe like an hour and a half before I could go home, eat dinner and then go to bed because I got to be up at two in the fucking morning. And so like, I wouldn't be there long enough. And some of the guys would be like, well, this guy's only working an hour and an hour and a half. Well, I can't be there all night, asshole. Sorry. Sorry that my mom's not paying my, well, that's not true for all of them, but 
Uh, yeah, you know what it is. But yeah, so I was like, you know, it is what it is. So fuck that guy. Uh, I was, I, I had, I, writ, I wrote his name now. Not that he listens and not that anybody that here, you know, listens to this would know. I do have a lot of people that listen from Cincinnati. I was going to write his name down and his gym down and fucking put him on blast. But I was like, that's crazy because it wasn't a shot at me. It was a shot at just something that I'm very, I'm going to be doing. So fuck that guy. Anyway, UFC 235. I tell you what, a little lackluster. And I don't know if it's because I was so excited and I, and I made more out of it than it would have, than what it was. I mean, it's a great card, but, um, a little lackluster. Right. And I have some, you know, a lot of thoughts on a lot of things. So we'll get to it. I went eight and four in my picks. Not too bad. Um, lost my parlay. Uh, Cody Garbrandt ruined my parlay. Nice little parlay. Um, one on Usman. Obviously, he was my my under. I won on Usman. I've been on Usman for for a long, long time. Um, that was an easy win. But yeah, I didn't I didn't gamble a ton. I did the parlay and I bet on Usman, and then I. Uh, my buddy gave me my, a friend of mine who um, is afraid to gamble. Gave me twenty five bucks to put on Anthony Smith. I matched the twenty five dollars. I put twenty five on Anthony Smith too, so it was fifty dollars towards Anthony. Um, he almost won with that DQ, but no. Uh, so yeah, not a not a good cash cow for me. I mean, I wish I would have put my life savings on Usman because I was the most confident in him. But yeah, I didn't. So. Most people who break down the cards are going to go Jones. They're going to go Usman. They're going to, I got to go Cody, Cody Garbrandt first. I know this doesn't see, this seems in, insignificant because it was the first fight of the night. Um, I, I must have some kind of, I never really thought I was that big of a Cody Garbrandt fan until he, that fight when he got knocked out, I was upset and I was very nervous when he was walking out. I even said to my buddy, I was watching the fight. with this. I was like, this is probably one of the reasons why I wasn't, you know, born to be a fighter or maybe why I, you know, I don't have that gene in me is because he's, his back was against the wall and it's a very dangerous fight. And he, you know, I, I don't know how you make that walk and I don't have the nerves. Don't get a, a hold of you. You know, you're 27 back to back knockout losses by the same guy. You lost your title, whatever you're coming in there. A kind of a handpicked opponent for you. And Munoz, I believe, the rumors were four names got thrown around for Cody, and he picked Munoz. Um, the pressure was was crazy, and I felt nervous for him. And um, again, one I've said it before, one of my all-time favorite performances ever was Cody versus Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz was one of my guys until he became, you know, a fucking made of plastic or paper, chalk, chalk bones. Dominic was one of my guys. I love Dominic's style. I love the way he fights. I love the, his mental and stuff like that, but... Cody put on a clinic in that fight and it was unbelievable. And I just, the skill this guy has is unreal. And, uh, you know, he went out there and he, you know, who's patient in the beginning. I know they said he, 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 he's accusing the, um, not accusing. He's saying the reason he kind of bit down and started throwing was because of, uh, he got a headbutt or something like that. And then he was just on autopilot. I think that goes back to training, right? I think um, the minute Buckles left, uh, things went downhill for him, right? How do you fight the Dominic Cruz fight, a perfect fight? And how do you fight a perfect fight in the first round of the TJ fight? You almost knocked TJ out. And then the second round, you got caught, right, in the first fight. He got caught. He got a little little cocky. He got kicked. Head kick dropped him, and that maybe put him on some legs. And then he got a little angry about it, and then the right hand caught him and got finished. Second fight was the worst. I don't know what he's doing. He's planting his feet, just throwing. They asked TJ Dillashaw, who TJ Dillashaw said that 
Dwayne would yell out Burrell, and that was a combination when he fought Hennon Burrell, and they would now yell out Cejudo. They had a combination set up for Cejudo, and then the reporter's like, well, what was, what was your combination, or what did you yell out for Cody? And TJ took a pause and was like, just a right hand. I mean, the, guy, the guy's been knocked out three fights in a row now by a fucking right hand. He's too talented and too skilled to be getting caught with that shit. Taking nothing away from Pedro Munoz. Pedro Munoz is a dog, right? He took some fucking shots in there. He ate Cody's best shit and kept coming forward. Pedro Munoz is a fucking savage. I love that guy. The guy's, the guy's tough as nails. Criminally underrated. Criminally underrated. But, listen. Cody should have won that fight. I think Cody's the more skilled guy on the feet. You know, Pedro got hit a couple times, and but he fucked. The only thing Pedro did different than Cody was he put his fucking hands up. Cody's winging shots, and he and he kind of you know dodged a couple of them, kind of dropped down for some of them. But other than that, he just fucking. You don't have the chin for that, bro. You're not made for that. I just Cody Garbrandt it, it devastated me. I thought he was gonna win. Obviously, I lost money because you know I had a parlay going for him. But also, I'm I'm seem like I'm emotionally invested in this guy. I don't know him personally, and he's an Ohio guy. I'm gonna root for Ohio guys, but um, yeah, it was it caught me by surprise because again, I'm not like a fucking uh, Cody Garbrandt fan. At least I didn't think I was. But that that hurt when he lost. I couldn't believe it. I was so frustrated. Um, the first thing I think when people lose is, oh great, there's my fucking parlay. The first thing I thought was him was like, what do you gonna do now? Three knockout losses in a row, and you're 27 years old. Your chin's not gonna get any better. And you've made the same mistake in two fights now where you just fucking dropped your hands and throw them. Yeah, you're getting bonuses, but, I mean, great, get paid. But, you know, you got to up your game because you are that talented. You are that skilled. And it's it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to see that happen to a guy that, that, that that's fucking good. Yep, so then, obviously, uh, the, the Asker and Robbie Lawler fight was probably the wildest fight of the night. Asker got dumped on his head. It, it, the fight went kind of how I thought it would go. I thought Robbie would clip him in the beginning. I actually put money on Robbie. Now I'm thinking about it. I did. I had some leftover cash in my account. And I go, fuck it. Just dump it on Robbie because why not? Um, I figured Askin was going to take some shots. Askin's tougher than people think. I don't think he's made a chin or his chin's made a glass or anything like that. He took some hell of shots. And he was out. I mean, he got he got knocked out a few times. I mean, he got dumped on his head, which rocked him. And then uh, the left hand when he was getting brought on the ground, he went limp and then woke up. Um, and then he battled back and then the stoppage, you know, it is what it was. Um, Herb Dean was in an impossible spot. I'm not going to knock Herb Dean for that. Do I think it was a bad stoppage? Probably. However, if you watch the replay, Robbie's arm does go limp and Herb's in there trying to grab him. But when Herb grabs him, he, his arm wakes up again. Like he, he like kind of gives him a half-ass thumbs up. The positioning of the cage where you couldn't see Robbie can't hear him cause his fucking head's trapped in the armpit. I know Ben Ashkin's got a crazy squeeze. I mean, there's a video of him squeezing two watermelons and crushing them. The guy's got a crazy squeeze. Ben Ashkin thinks that it was a good stoppage because Robbie wasn't getting out of that anytime soon. He had nowhere to go. Um, you know, obviously, I don't think Robbie went out. Uh, it, you know, to, should they run it back? Probably not right away. I like to see maybe Ben fight someone else before they run it back and maybe Robbie get a, another fight as well. But maybe down the line, they can run it back if one of them is contending for a title. Or, or whatever the case may be, I, I would like that. Because Robbie never got his rematch. You know, Robbie got knocked out Tyron Woodley in the first round, and he was the welterweight champion, and he never got his rematch. So um, the stoppage was bad. The fight was crazy. I, I, I Who would have knew? Who would have known that the fucking Ben Askren fight would probably have been the most exciting? No, I didn't get the fight tonight, but definitely had a most exciting, controversial, pretty good way for Ben Askren to come to the UFC. 
Uh, Kamar Usman, my dog, my dude. Um, I was on this from the beginning, right? Um, Tyre Woodley, four defenses. One was a draw. I don't know if he's counting as a defense. The guy's a, the guy's a monster when he comes forward. The guy's a monster when he puts it all together. But he, when he gets stuck in mud, and he comes out flat. He's done this several times. People forget this is the guy that did this to Jake Shields, the guy who has no stand up whatsoever. Fucking Tyron was like scared of him. He did this to fucking Roy McDonald. Roy McDonald basically beat Tyron with a jab. Um, that's the Tyron I thought was going to come out, and that's the Tyron that fought. Uh, Kamar Usman is a pressure fighter. He's you know stand up isn't the cleanest. His wrestling might not be the best, but he puts it together well. He says in the post fight, um, great post fight for him. By the way, we're gonna hear a clip because uh, I might may or may not have teared up uh, uh, with the clip that we're gonna listen to. But yeah, Kamar Usman total domination from the get go. Um, Tyron Willie didn't win a round, didn't win a minute in any of those rounds. Almost got finished in the fourth. Um, wasn't the most exciting. I thought it was gonna be a little bit more competitive. I guess I thought. I mean, because. I did think Usman was going to win, but I thought, obviously, Tyron Willie's a champion for a long time. The guy's got incredible skill, I and he's, a, he's an intelligent fighter as well. He's a smart guy. He dropped for two guillotines. I don't know. Unless that's your move, unless that's your killer move, what are you doing dropping two guillotines and giving up a takedown? It didn't make any sense. Um, he, he fought like shit, right? He's he's claiming a rematch. He's saying my resume, does, my the, the way I fought doesn't... Um, I know I don't deserve a rematch from the way I fought, but my, I think my resume does. Um, I know he complained when Steven Wonderboy got a rematch. I know he complained a little bit because it was like a different kind of style. He didn't want to fight that style again, even though they drawled and, and Wonderboy obviously did deserve a rematch. Robbie Lawler never got a rematch with Tyron Woodley. Um, Tyron Woodley definitely does not deserve a rematch right away. Let Tyron go out. This is what's probably going to happen, right? Because Camaro hurt his foot, had a broken foot going into this or something like that, and he was saying something how it's going to take eight months or the projected timeline was eight months to get this healed up. If he's out eight months, there's a lot of heat between him and Colby right now. There's a lot of heat between all of them right now. Tyron, if he wants a title shot against Usman, he needs to fight Colby. And then the winner gets the winner gets Usman. If Usman can't go for eight months, they gotta do something. And Tyron and, and, and Colby got a lot of heat and they and they should they train together and all that stuff. They should definitely fight. But uh, Usman, this is Usman's night. He looked fantastic. Um, wasn't as competitive as I thought it would. I thought it would be a little more competitive on Woodley's side. But Usman is, a, again, he's a fucking beast. Um, I predicted that to happen. Check the receipts. Check the tapes. I wrote articles on this guy. And uh, I think he's going to be champion a long time. I think there's gonna be, it's going to take a lot to beat him. Um, ben Askren's an interesting matchup. Colby. Um, Colby is a guy that fights a lot like Usman. He's a pressure fighter with, he doesn't have the best stand up pressure fighter with a lot of cardio. It'd be interesting to see. Cause I don't think anybody's really ever pressured Usman wrestling wise, which I thought Tyron Woodley was going to be able to do, but he wasn't. I mean, what, uh, Usman's a big, big, strong dude in there. Um, I don't know if Colby can bully him like he did RDA, like he did Damian Maya, where he's stuffing takedowns and everything like that. Um, Colby's a tough guy. He's a durable guy, but Colby's main asset is his cardio. Like the guy can go for days. I don't think you have to worry about pretty much anything else. Has a decent guillotine. Is decent, um, decent on the ground. But yeah, I think him and Usman make a really, really interesting thing. We're gonna break down what's all next for uh, everybody else. But I want to play the Usman post fight because I'm sitting here watching with this my bro. I'm watching with my bro. My back's to him. I'm laying on the couch watching this. And uh, being a father uh, of a beautiful uh, young lady, I, I got a little misty-eyed. I'll admit it. Here we go. So before I go, one thing that I want to say, you know, I come from humble beginnings. 
all the way from Aochi, Nigeria. I never dreamed that I would have a platform like this to be on this stage one day. And when this little girl came along, she lit a fire under me, Joe. She lit a fire under my ass, and, and I got going. And here I am, baby. Here I am. Daddy did it. When you grow up, I want you to remember this day forever, okay, baby? Daddy did it. Yeah, that got me. Okay, that got me in the feels. I mean, listen, he's talking to his daughter. His daughter's beautiful. She's gorgeous. She's this cute little girl. Uh, I believe it was anatomy of a fighter. They're they're picking out her dress because they knew they were going to bring her in the cage and everything like that. Like he was, it's just a beautiful moment, dude. Like if, if you don't have kids and and and, and uh, you know you don't have a daughter or son or whoever, <clears throat> it's just a really uh, it was just a really touching moment. I mean, he did it. Uh, he did what he said he was going to do. I mean, he was kind of the underdog, Division two guy coming from Nigeria. Um, you know, kind of bounced around the states a little bit and then didn't really want to get in MMA until Rashad Evans convinced him to. And now he's a world champion. He's going to be a world champion for a while. I, 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 we'll break it down later, but I really don't know who's going to fuck with him. And obviously the main event, little really disappointing in the main event, right? Um, I read a tweet on Twitter. That's where you read tweets at. And um, uh, someone said, John Jones always fights to the level of his competition, right? How is the same John Jones that finished Gustafson and finished DC, but can't, it, it can't take down Anthony Smith and finish him? No knock on Anthony Smith. And the same thing with Evan St. Prue. You know, he fights the levels competition. Um, I, there's some truth to that. I think he definitely was fucking around with Anthony Smith a little too much. Um, I think he, I don't know, because he, he landed some really good punches, but never really kind of committed to him. Landed some kids. Anthony Smith, I'm more disappointed in Anthony Smith. He didn't do anything, right? His big lead up was, I don't get beat in the locker room. Most guys get beat by John Jones in the locker room. I do not do that. I'm not one of those guys. I'm a guy that's going to go out there. I'm going to fucking bring it to John Jones. I'm a dude that brings it. And he does. I mean, check the receipts, check the records. He brings it. However, he stood in front of John Jones like a mirror. He landed like one good right hand, I think, and kind of a head kick that like only the toes landed. Other than that, he didn't do anything. Didn't really gas out. Jones, I felt like. I thought I predicted Jones was going to win the first round. I thought the minute it touched the floor, Jones was going to dominate. Anthony Smith did a better job than I thought. I, I don't know. It was a really bizarre performance, dominating performance by John Jones. Obviously one of the greatest of all time, but it's really odd that John Jones could look so good against DC, who we all know is one of the best of all time, and then kind of look you know a little lackluster against uh, Anthony Smith. I'm not sure if he got up for the fight. This might have been one of his quickest turnarounds, maybe next to his title fight with uh, Shogun. This might have been one of his quickest turnarounds in a long time. I know he's been out for a while. He's trying to stay active. But yeah, um, you're not beating John Jones that way if you're Anthony Smith. You're not going to stay back and, and try to counter with him. And You got you to gotta be in his face. You, I mean, DC's kind of laid the blueprint, right? The second DC fight, even the first one, DC's coming forward and he's landing. He's getting inside. He's landing uppercuts. He's... he's Taking those kicks away because there's only you have to get close to take his kicks away. Now, John Jones is a long guy. A lot of long guys can't fight good inside. John Jones is a rarity. He can fight really well on the inside in the clinch. However, you take his kicks away. Those leg kicks, those body kicks, those front kicks. When you're on the outside, he can pick you apart all day with those. You got to put pressure on him. You got to get in his face. You got to swing on him. You got to hit him. You got to you got to ruffle him up. You got to make it ugly. You got to make it dirty. DC was doing that in the in, in the second fight. So he got caught with the kick, right? John Jones is great. I mean, that's that to me, no one's beating him, but that to me is the blueprint. Is I don't think John Jones has the mo best boxing. Good defense, hard to hit, but you got to be in his face and you got to throw a lot of volume and a lot of combinations to try to hit him with some stuff because 
If you're not, you're just going to be on the outside getting picked apart and then eventually get taken down and finished. I, you know, that's just, I thought Anthony Smith was going to come out. I, I said it all week. He needs to throw some crazy shit. He needs to get crazy. He needs to land something crazy if he's going to get John's respect. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen. He basically didn't throw anything. Very disappointed in that fight. He definitely fell into the trap of, uh, you know, John Jones being John Jones. They fought at John Jones' pace, and Jones could have done, done whatever he want. But it was very lackluster. I wasn't impressed with either either guy, really. John's obviously the great. His skill was unmatched, and I think he shut down Anthony Smith. So, obviously, that's some credit to him. But, you know, I, you know I've, I've learned something about myself. Is I, I definitely I, I buy into people. I buy into the hype, and I, 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 I fucking was eating up what Anthony Smith was saying. I like Anthony Smith. I was eating it up. I obviously didn't think he was going to win. But I'm like, oh, this dude's a fucking dog. He's going to come out. He's going to fucking throw some kicks. He's going to get right in Jones' face. He's not going to give a fuck. And, you know, he did the exact opposite. So that was it. Oh, another little thing. The last fight I want to talk about is Diego Sanchez versus Mickey Gall. Diego Sanchez is crazy, right? Like, he's he, like, he apparently told Mickey. I found this out today. He told Mickey Gall, hey, man, um, you know, maybe let's, you know, not, not trash talk too much. I'm going through the divorce. And Mickey Gall's like, I don't care. Or uh, something along those lines. Like, Mickey Gall didn't give a shit. Um, so there's a little bit of extra heat there. Uh, Diego looked good. I mean, he's a weirdo. He's talking about anti-aging, which I think in, like, two months we're going to find out is really steroids. But he looked good. He looked good. Um, better than I thought. I obviously picked Mickey Gall. I, I shitted on a lot of people that were picking DJ, uh, Diego as the underdog. I mean, he was a plus 215 underdog. I think he closed at a plus 200. Um... Yeah, I, I I don't like getting stuff wrong, and I got that wrong. Um, that was that was pretty brutal, pretty brutal uh, on my part getting that wrong. Um, but Diego looked good. Mickey Gall, I mean, just uh, I, another guy I bought into, right? That moved out to California is doing the right stuff. He apparently passed out from the weight cut, even though a year ago he said he was going to cut down to fifty five. You know, I don't know. I I I really don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know about Mickey Gall. I mean, he's he's five and two, six and two, two losses in UFC. I mean, if you can't listen, Diego's good on the ground. Diego's a good wrestler. Diego's a good grappler. You're not going to submit him. But Mickey Gall got taken down and, and just dominated by Randy Brown, and he, and he got taken down in TKO by Diego Sanchez. Who Diego hasn't done that to somebody in a long time. I want to say fucking Kenny Florian, fourteen years ago, was the only guy he's ever did that to. I know that's wrong, but. I think Mickey Gall maybe needs to take a break from the UFC. I think maybe he's got one more fight left in him. But, I mean, you can't keep calling out CM Punk's. You can't keep calling out these. I mean, you know what I mean? You, you eventually got to fight. Sooner or later, you got to fucking, you know, fight some real, real people. And I don't know if he's ready for that. In the last two fights, I mean, that I, I got to talk about. Um, Zabip versus Jeremy Stevens. Um Tough fight to call. I mean, not tough fight to call. A lot of people like Jamie Stevens. They liked his power. I know I said Zabib was hittable, and he is, but he fought a great game plan. Mark Henry and those guys, they look like some bad blood. They're shoving each other. Jamie Stevens flicked off the corner. There's some heat going there. Zabib is a guy that a lot of people want to fight right now. He didn't over overly impress me in that fight. Jeremy, you know, rebounding after a loss. You know, Jeremy looked, uh, Jeremy looked himself, but it's a tough matchup for him. And then, final little thing we'll touch on here, Johnny Walker. That guy's something special, right? I, I did not like him as UFC debut. I hand up. I still don't know if I love his personality. But uh, that that knee 
I mean, he moved so quick. That knee was perfectly timed against Serkinov. A lot of people love Serkinov as an underdog because um, of his grappling ability. But Johnny Walker, man, just wrecking people in the first round. He's something special. And he talks about, I want to go three. I don't want to keep knocking guys out. I want to go three rounds. I want to show everything I got. I like this kid's mental. He wants to fight next month. He did a, the worm celebration and hurt his arm. So hopefully he doesn't do that shit anymore. Um because that's going to obviously hurt his fucking career. But he's something special. Johnny Walker is, is an incredible talent. I really like this kid. I mean, on my rankings of, of light heavyweights to keep an eye on, Dominic Reyes was always ahead of him. I think I'm, I'm bumping Johnny Walker up there. Um, I think he might be three fights away from a title fight, if I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even kidding. I think it'll be Tiago Santos next. I think they're, we're going to have to wait and see what happens with DC Brock. Dane has confirmed that he owes DC a lot, and DC wants the Brock fight. He's gonna give, he gets the Brock fight. Big money fight for DC. If DC sticks around, the only logical fight for him is John Jones. So we'll see what happens to Johnny Walker. But there's some guys at 205 that Johnny Walker needs to meet. And uh, I'm really happy to see it. All right. So that was 235. Nice little card. Um, where do the fighters go from here? Um, that's what I have written down here. Well, basically, I'm trying to call the shots. John Jones should fight Diego Santos. That's a pretty easy one. Kamar Usman should fight Colby Covington. If not, if he has to take eight months off, the winner of Covington would if because that's the only other fight to make at 170. Um, then you got Lawler Askren. Askren's calling for the winner of Miles Vidal Till. Darren Till's my guy, and he's fighting uh, a week from this Saturday, the 16th, he's fighting Miles Vidal. So I'm hoping Till wins. That's a really tough matchup. Uh, Jorge Masvidal is a guy that gets overlooked by a lot of people. He's a slick boxer. He's It's going to be a really, really close fight against Till. Um, I'm hoping Till wins. I'm not hoping he gets the Askren fight. Um, I know they're trying to make the Robbie. Dana wants the Robbie rematch. Askren's not really interested in it. So we'll see what happens. Robbie Lawler versus Darren Till, to me, just sounds like a fucking match made in heaven. Um, who else here? We, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm not doing every card, but the Cody Garbrandt, what happens next? Um, man, I don't know. I mean, he can't fight Thomas Almeida every fucking time. Uh, we got to figure something out for him. I want maybe him, maybe against like Cody Stammen, a grappler, maybe not a guy who's like super, super powerful. Cody Stammen would be a good one. I know Al Jermaine's been calling him out, but now Al Jermaine's kind of ahead of him. Jim Rivera is a nice one. I know he's been talking about John Lineker, but John Lineker's going to knock his head in the fucking 10th row if he just sits there and plants his feet. Pedro Munoz needs to fight Al Jermaine. That's an easy one. Pedro Munoz, Al Jermaine Sterling need to book that because... 35 is getting kind of tied up with Cejudo, Dillashaw, and now Marlon Rice is there. Marlon Rice has clearly earned his title shot. So Sterling versus Munoz to kind of eliminate maybe the guy next, next guy. The guy that's, you know, yeah, the next, next. Um, Zabit versus Jeremy. What happened? Jeremy needs to get another quick turnaround, I think. I think he needs to get his confidence back. Um, get him a guy, a top 45-er. I want to see a top 45-er for him. Um he is a top 45 He's a legit guy. He's been around for a long, long time. He's 15 and 15 in the UFC, 30 fights. Um, I would like to see a top contender for Jeremy Stevens. I don't have a name on the top of my head. Zabit, easy. You got to give him, um, God, why am I? Yeah, uh, uh, you're Rodriguez. I don't know why I blanked on that name. That fight has been a long time coming. They need to book that fight. They need to make that fight happen. Um, Diego Sanchez. You know, you can do a lot with Diego Sanchez. There's there's, uh, there's not a lot you can't do with him. Um, I don't want to see him fight like a young gun at 70 because I think he's a smaller 70. He looked pretty leaned out for this fight. I think this was a good fight for him uh, against a guy like Mickey Gall who's not super dangerous. 
Diego's obviously been chinny. He has no plans on retiring anytime soon. Um, 170 stack, man. I don't. I, I really can't think off the top of my head. Um, maybe someone outside the top 15. And then Mickey Gall, eh, maybe he needs to fight someone in, in like the CES or something like that. I don't think he's quite ready for the UFC yet. Johnny Walker, um, oh man, they need to do. They need Johnny Walker right, right? They need to. They need to, to slow this guy along. And I want to look at the uh, the light heavyweight rankings, and I'll because I want to give a definitive answer here. I don't want to be like, oh, I can't think of anyone above my head. I want to look at the rankings. So here we go, light heavyweight rankings. All right. I don't think they've updated these yet. Okay, Johnny Walker is now 15. The guy he just knocked out in the first round in under a minute is number 14. That doesn't make any sense. Johnny Walker versus Ovin St. Prue makes a whole lot of sense to me. Johnny Walker versus Glover Teixeira, Jimmy Manawal, or Lalir Latifi all make perfect sense to me. Volkan Ozdemir, you know, that's a, that's a good one as well. Volkan's pretty highly ranked. Uh, Jan Blahovich just dropped. Anthony Smith is a guy that maybe needs to fight uh, Corey Anderson next, I think. And then Dominic Reyes. I think Dominic Reyes is booked. I'm, um, I'm not sure who he's booked against. So let's see if it's his UFC website. They updated their website. I don't like it. I don't like it. Is he booked against anybody? Okay, so no, he's not. He's got some good wins, though. Dominic Reyes does, but... Again, you'll see fucking website stinks. But all those guys I named are perfect for Johnny Walker. They need to they need to bring this guy along right. And I think they're doing it right. And I think they're gonna they're gonna continue to <clears throat> excuse me, do it right. Let's see. Dominic Reyes. Vulcan Ozemir. Okay, why didn't I not know that? That's uh is that the London card? Damn, no way. No way. Yeah, it is. Wow. Why did I not know that? He's he's fighting Vulcan Ozemir in London. Woo! Sorry, I'm way behind. I haven't. I I don't. I don't look ahead. I look. I'm I'm a present day kind of guy. But man, that's a banger. So yeah. So the Dominic is a little bit ahead of Johnny, but there's a lot to do there for both those guys. But I'm super excited um, for what's next. Ben Askren. What's next for Ben Askren? Um, he wants to till Masvidal winner. I know we talked about this, but I have it written down to talk about it a little more. Ali uh, Abazi or whatever the fuck his name is, the manager who thinks he's a fighter. Um, he, uh, he wants, he wants, uh, Usman Askren, which doesn't make any sense, right? They're, they're not going to leapfrog Colby. Uh, the guy's walking around with a fucking belt, for God's sakes. They're not going to, they're not going to leapfrog Colby again. That's the fight to make. Askren and Woodley are not going to fight. Why? If Woodley wants to get a rematch, why have Askren go and possibly win the title? Like they're... Woodley would have to leave the division. I don't. I don't get that at all. They're not going to add 165 anytime soon. At least, um, I'm actually really, really warming up to the idea of them adding a 165. But Ashkin should fight the winner of Masvidal Till. Um, hopefully, I don't know. I just don't want him to fight Till because it's a, such a bad matchup for Dan Till. Oh, such a bad matchup. But yeah, so video uh, moving right along here. Video that popped out came up today. Was the day after the fights, I believe Sunday in Vegas. Colby and Usman got in a fight in the buffet. Wasn't really Usman. No one threw Usman didn't throw a punch. Um, Colby was with a friend who was like a bigger guy. I'm not sure if it was like a hired bodyguard, but it was a, it was a pretty large guy. They were he was standing in the buffet line. He was on aerial show explaining what went down. And uh, I guess Usman it was at the Palm, which is owned by the Fertitas. Um, 
Usman and, and another big gentleman who he's with, and then Ali came up, and they start you know running their mouths and whatnot. Ali threw a punch at Colby, hit Colby's big friend. There's a woman screaming, I'm pregnant. There's women and children here. They're trying to break it up. Ali jumps over the barricade. He's going after Colby. Colby's looking scared as shit. Deer in the headlights. He's fucking, get the fuck back. You're not a fighter. Get the fuck back. And and then uh, and then he starts yelling at Ali. And, and Usman was trying to calm the whole situation down. Then Usman got real mad at Colby. and was like, I'll let him fucking come at you, blah, blah, blah. Really ugly, kind of embarrassing. I mean, this is what's going to happen. You just don't, they don't like each other. You know, that's just the bottom line. But what the fuck is your manager fighting dudes for? I know Ali fought MMA before. He trains with these fucking guys. There's video forever ago, I believe, at a PFL fight where Usman and Ali got in fights with fans. And Usman did throw a punch, and so did Ali. And it's just, um, it's just, I don't understand this. Like, why? He obviously has some pull. He obviously has a good, he's got a good stable of guys on his team, but he's so erratic and crazy. I, do, I would not want that around me as a fighter. I just wouldn't want it. He's too much, right? He's stealing the spotlight from your guys. It's about me, me, me. It's about how I never made it as a fighter or I can't fight or whatever like that. He's very talented what he does. I know he has had a big come up over the few short years. They were talking about when him and Usman first met, they were living in a trailer trying to make deals happen. Um, good for him. I'm glad, you know, that he's, he's doing well, but you need to fucking calm down, dude. Like you're not a fighter. Quit swinging on people. Quit starting shit up. Like you're going to fucking come across a wrong fighter and a wrong group of guys and you're going to get fucked up. And I guarantee you the first time you get fucked up when you don't have your stable guys with you, the first time you get fucked up, you're going to sue. It's like that dude from Rocky, the promoter in Rocky from Rocky. What was that? Rocky five. The guy who's supposed to be the Don King with Tommy Gunn. And uh, he's in the, at the end, after he fought Tommy Gunn, Rocky went up to him and he's like, touch me, I'll sue. And fucking Rocky just lays him out into the car. Like, fuck it. Well, you ain't got nothing to sue me for. So that was pretty badass. But yeah, so the Colby Usman fight in the buffet line was uh, a little embarrassing, I, I think. But again, these are fucking fighters. I mean, they're, they're, this is a fucking contact sport, everybody. This is what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, moving right along. My boy, J.A., John Anik. God, I love this guy. Listen, John Anik can, can, could literally say anything and make it sound great, right? The guy's got a gift. He's super talented. The best that's ever done it. Um, obviously, I've been on the Anik and Florian podcast. No big deal. Um, super cool guy. I just, I hope he stays with the UFC for the entirety of his career. Mark Goddard is, is a guy that we've talked about here uh, on the podcast before I said it after the Connor dustups after the, you know, just everything was about me, me, me with this fucking guy. He was doing some, you know, he's doing some early breaks in the Woodley Usman fight, which again, it's rest, referee discretion. I'm not like crazy upset about any of those. I know Rogan and, and Dominic Cruz were saying on the broadcast, like, well, why is he doing that? I get that. Um, but he was, the way he talks to people and the way he kind of makes it about him and some of his, you know, the fucking Ray Longo story with Marab against Ricky Simone where Mark Goddard wasn't even in the cage. It was an inexperienced ref and Mark Goddard overruled the ref. And like, that's costing your fighter fucking a bonus. That's costing him his win bonus. You're not even in the fucking fight. He just has to interject himself. He's a fucking know-it-all. He has a podcast now. If he, he If you go at him on Twitter, he's coming right back at you. But the guy just, he needs to fucking cool it, right? You know? And so John Anik um, was voicing his displeasure, and Mark Goddard responded, and John Anik had this tweet. I always try to be respectful. We are just calling it like it 
like it, we see it. But there's an arrogance which with you deal with fighters, commentators, and and there I can't read. There is an arrogance with which you deal with fighters, commentators, and many in this sport, and I find it off-putting. One man's take, and I'm quite sure you'll give yours for everyone to hear. That was that's I mean he he has since went and apologized. But listen, that's a fucking shot. I love that. He said it perfectly. He said elegantly. He said it perfect. That's exactly what he is. He talks with his arrogance and he fucking treats these guys like shit. And and it's like, I know you have to be in charge in there. And John McCarthy had an attitude in there. And, and there were some like John Jones, John McCarthy rubbed John Jones the wrong way. But in my estimation, Herb Dean's the best referee. I know he made a fuck up. I know he made a mistake with the Cole or with the Askren fight. I get that. Everyone's going to make mistakes. Mark Goddard has made hundreds of mistakes, but he carries himself like he's like the best. And I guess John, you know, is saying it like, Oh, you talk to us that way too. And it's just, it was perfect. The perfect summation of what Mark Goddard is. You know, he fucking was like, he picked Usman, got him up and Usman wasn't doing a ton on the ground. He's trying to advance position. He was working and he stood him up off the ground and Usman said something to him and he goes, it's a fight. Usman, it's a fight. And it's like, and then Dominic Cruz is like, well, what does he think? He, yeah, he knows he's in a fucking fight. It's a world title fight. Just Mark, I'm just had enough of Mark Goddard. I think the guy's a fucking, uh, I mean, good ref, sure. But I mean, how much we got to put up with this guy? How much we got to put up with this guy? Um, okay, so this is going to be Homer time. This is me. I, Darren Till's fighting March 16th. Apparently, you know, I got to look at that card, man. Because Wichita's this weekend. And that's next weekend. I got to really break down that card. It's full, chock full of uh, some talented dudes. Darren Till's headlining versus Jorge Masvidal. BT Sports does some of the best promos in the history of the game. I mean, they truly, truly do. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm trying to cue up the thing and Captain Obvious is stupid ads playing. All right. So I had this ad that BT Sports produced with Darren Till. And it's good. Again, if you're not a Darren Till fan, you're probably not going to think he's as good as I am. Well, you're an idiot. It's good. And uh, just enjoy this uh, 45 seconds of... I mean, BT Sports needs to work for the UFC. Here we go. Nice shots at the goals. That's gone now. Darren Till not the tap and tight. But nothing's changed. London's calling. I will be champion. I will win that belt. Do not doubt me. I'll fight anyone, anywhere. 2019, the year of the gorilla. I will never stop. I mean, how do you not listen to that and not want to run through a fucking wall? Jesus, that I mean, and then the I'll put this I'll put it on the website, um, the clip on the website, because I mean, hearing it's great, the audio, but it, it's visually it's it's stunning, it's beautiful. He's turned into a gorilla. The way it's shot, it's awesome. It's so unbelievable, man. I just I love a good produced like. Listen, I think the UFC struggles a lot, but like the countdown shows stale. Some of their promos for the fights are stale. I mean, there's been a couple ones. They're getting better. Their posters are getting better. But listen, whoever works at BT Sports, I mean, UFC is like, what's your price? 
right fucking slide the paper across. That's what you get. Because these guys are so, or women, again, I don't want in 2019, Brian. Um, they're so, they're fucking talented. They're unbelievable. It's it's an incredible promo. Again, it's going on the website. Once you're done listening to this, hop on the website and, and uh, check it out. All right, so two final things here. My call out of the week, believe it or not, it's not Ariel Hawani. By the way, a buddy of mine who I watch the fights with, who's a nice guy, um, very opinionated. I would say he's opinionated. He has his own opinions, but he doesn't talk shit about a ton of people. Usually him and I disagree about who's a bag of shit and who's not. He's down on Arahuani. He says Arahuani's changed. He agrees with me. So that, and we always don't agree. So that's always, that's a good thing that, that I'm on some kind of path here that Arahuani is a bag of shit. Anyway, call of the week. It's got to be Team Alpha Male. What is going on over there? I blame Cody Garbrandt's loss on two things, right? He was, I don't think he's trained properly, right? There's no coach, right? Chris Holdsworth is your coach and Danny Castillo is your lead corner. Danny Castillo's yelling out, like, give him the drip, Cody, give him the drip. Like, that's cool and everything, but, like, you... And I understand that fighters can corner other fighters. I get that, but you need, like, a voice. You need a calming presence. You need someone into, like, a Duke Rufus, who I think is one of the best in the corners. The guy doesn't freak out. He gets in there and he gives solid advice. He's that's, that's why he corners some of the best fighters in the world. Like Greg Jackson, he he has his different techniques. Like some fighters need to get yelled at, other times he calms them down. There's guys out there that you need for that, right? John Jones doesn't train with Greg Jackson like one-on-one, right? He trains with all his training partners. And maybe there was a training partner in there, but you gotta have some coaches. Holdsworth, I know, might be retired from the MMA and he might be the, you know, going into the coaching route, but I don't think he's there yet, right? And Danny Castillo, I know, hasn't fought in a while, and I don't think he's there yet either. I think Danny Castillo's obviously a grappler, wasn't, you know, was a good mixed martial artist, but primarily a wrestler. Chris Holdworth is a is a good mixed martial artist, but primarily a jiu-jitsu guy. They need to bring Jack and Justin Bolkholtz in. I don't know what team out who does Team Alpha Male have anymore? They don't have killers anymore. When a fighter fought from Team Alpha Male, everyone fucking shit the pants. Like, oh fuck, these guys would be legit. Cody's their guy. Cody's their stars. Cody's who they're putting all the energy in. Cody should have a lot more pull. Cody needs to either bring in his own guy, or I don't. I didn't even see if his 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 uncle Rob was in his corner. If his if his uncle Rob came out and and did boxing with him or not. I know there was. A, I don't think he was. There was a striking coach in his corner. I think he's changing some things up, and I don't think he'll ever leave Alpha Male, right? I think that's his home. But Alpha Man needs to give this guy some some fucking backup. They need to do something for him. Who does Alpha Male have anymore? Joseph Benavidez, gone. He's in Vegas. He's training in Vegas. TJ Dillashaw, he's got his own camp with the Colorado. Now he's in, I believe he's in Southern California with his own camp with Cub Swanson and all those guys. Chad Menez, retired. Lost his last fight, gassed, and retired. Cody Garbrandt's like the only guy. I mean, I know they got some young guys coming up. I know there's um, there's some uh, some young guys they do have coming up and everything like that. But these young guys aren't. It's not going to be alpha man anymore unless they get like coaching in there, right? They just they, you know they, they try to get Dan Hardy. I thought it was a smart idea bringing Dwayne Ludwig in. No, it didn't work out business wise, and don't, Dwayne Ludwig does seem like kind of a nutcase. But listen, they need to get something. They need to change something. Uriah's retired. I don't know how much. I know he pops up every once in a while. I know he's probably heavily involved, but I don't know how much he's involved. I know Uriah uh, maybe not might not be the easiest guy to get along with business-wise. He's running a business himself. Something needs to happen. I thought this after the last TJ fight. I think the reason 
he get cl- he got clipped in the head. He said he went autopilot, but that autopilot, you shouldn't be trained to plant your feet and go. That's your killer instinct. That's great, but you you gotta you gotta get coached out of that. You gotta get coached to block a right fucking hand too. Three fights in a row, you got knocked out by a right hand, buddy. I don't know. Pedro Munoz, a, a talented guy, pretty heavy handed, but he's not knocking dudes out in the first round. You know, there's something needs to happen, right? I mean, alpha males on notice. I put you on notice. I might cancel you. You might get canceled. I'm stealing that from Barstool. Barstool's canceling everybody. I might cancel Team Alpha Male in a minute. When a, when a guy comes out and is like, oh, he's from Team Alpha Male, I'm, I'm not even going to fucking register that anymore because they don't have anybody. There's no coaching. There's no direction. You know what I mean? You got three voices. Danny Castillo seem, doesn't seem like the easiest guy to get along with. I've seen interviews with him. I've seen him in the coaching room. Seems like kind of an asshole, right? Which maybe you you might want. But listen, I, I just, there needs to be a better game plan. There needs to be better training. Whoever, and I think it was Buckles, and I think it was your Uncle Rob, whoever was in Coney's corner for the Dominic Cruz fight needs to be in his corner for every fight. Whoever you train with for that fight, and then involve off that. Keep going, keep going, because... The talent's immense. I just, it, it's sad to see, you know, alpha males kind of imploded and guys have retired and guys have moved away. And the only guy they got who I think is very, very talented is, is getting underutilized because uh, there's no coaching. There's no one around them. <sighs> Call of the week, team alpha male. Get it together. All right. Top five, top five, one-sided championship fights. I mean, the, um, John, jo- I, I, I meaning, um, when the champions lose, right? So, Kamari Usman dominated Tyron Woodley, right? I don't know if anybody expected Tyron Woodley to get dominated, but he did. Every round. 10-8 round. I think one round was at least a 10 round. So, top five championship fights where the champion got dominated. Number five. Randy Couture's got a lot of them here. Randy Couture dominated Vitor Belfort uh, the third time they fought. Right, second time I cut. I know I've talked about this fight a hundred times. Third time they fought, domination UFC forty nine, dominated Tim Sylvia at UFC sixty eight in Columbus, Ohio. Tim Sylvia was the heavyweight champ. Granny Couture dominated every second of that, and then he dominated Tito Ortiz at UFC forty four. I believe Tito Ortiz was a champion. Granny Couture won the title from Tito that night. Um, complete domination. Not even no one even came close to Randy in either of those fights. Pretty impressive stuff. Next up, GSP versus Matthews two. Uh, Matt Hughes obviously beat GSP the first time they fought. And then the second time they fought, Matt Hughes was the champion. He was on kind of a little bit of a roll here. GSP was, I mean, rocked him with a jab, dropped him with a head kick, dominated the entire fight, um, just smoked him and just, you know, took took reins and never looked back. And went, went, probably going to be down as down as the greatest uh, uh, welterweight ever in history. Number three, Kane versus Brock. Brock was the champion. Kane came in. A lot of my friends love Brock in that fight. They thought he was too big, too strong. I don't think Brock did anything in that fight. Kane dominated from the bell. Um, impressive stuff by Kane. Kane became a superstar that night. Number two, TJ versus Penn and Burrell. Obviously, you know, TJ was a huge underdog going against Penn and Brown. He completely dominated from the fucking opening bell. One of my all-time favorite greatest performances from anybody. TJ looked fantastic in that fight. Great game plan, great skill. And uh, really exposed Henan Brown, and Henan Brown obviously hasn't been the same since. And number one, it pains me to say, <sighs> Rich Franklin versus Anderson Silva. Listen, Anderson Silva, we all, I don't know what the line was. Anderson Silva might have even been a favorite. But in my world, in my little community, Rich Franklin's God, you know, Cincinnati born and bred. I've seen Anderson Silva fight, saw him fight Jeremy Horn. I've seen him, fight, I've seen him lose in pride. 
Um, I know he destroyed Chris Lieben, but I was like, that's not Chris. Which Franklin's not Chris Lieben, baby. I thought it was gonna be a good close fight. I was obviously nervous that fight, but uh, I mean, he just Rich. I mean, Rich couldn't get out of a clinch. I mean, Rich got fucking smoked. And Anderson went on to become the legend that he is. Um, it doesn't sour me as much because I love Rich, but I also really developed love Anderson because I just I, I respect greatness, and Anderson is is great. All right, so that's the show. Um, it was good talking to you guys. Sorry about my throat. If I coughed, I apologized. I know that's annoying as shit. Um, fight <clears throat> uh, Wichita Saturday. I have my Wichita paper printed out. The car's not great. Okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. You uh, sugarcoat you guys. I'm not gonna sell you on it. I'm obviously gonna watch the fights. I'm gonna pick every fight. We're gonna do a pick em podcast. Sorry that the pick em podcast on Friday was a little bit of quick. If you like it quick, that's great. I felt like I kind of breezed through it a little bit because I had a limit, little bit of a time to record with everything. Um, so hopefully Wichita, well, you know, maybe I'll keep it quick too because again, there's not a not a, not a ton of meat on those bones if you know what I mean. All right, so I will see you guys later this week.